Alright. Mic check, mic check. Morning Masters Podcast. I was made of course. I got two special guests across from me, man. Uh, first, I want to uh, try. How you doing, man? You've been on uh, a few times. Not more than Masters, though. You've been on. You've been in here. We recorded in here a few times. Um, right. We did Half Hour Black Power. Right. Um, we had some disagreements on music-wise, and we, you know, um, went from there. Um, so you've been, but I've known you for a minute, though. You've been around. You yes, know what sir. I'm saying? Uh, how you been? I'm great, man. And tell us who you brought with you. I've got my big brother here. His name is Xavier Jones. I call him Professor Xavier Jones. Yeah, I seen you say Xavier. You said can I bring? I'm like, why not? Yeah, of course. Like I wanted, I wanted everybody as a part of it. If I could have everybody as a part of it, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute as far as the um, the the why. But uh just tell them about yourself first. I'll let both of y'all go. But um you can go first. Tell them about yourself, like, you know, where you from? What do you do? Okay. Um I am Travis, brother Trav, the god brother Wright. Uh, I'm a poet and spoken word artist, to make it simple. Um, in addition to that, being a parent, a husband, uh, just all around fun guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, who, who likes to have an intelligent dialogue. Um, I've been in Augusta most of my life. I am an Augusta native. Uh, I have had opportunity to leave here uh, when I was very young. Um, in my lower 20s, I moved out to uh, Savannah, Georgia. Uh, from Savannah, I ended up in northern Virginia outside of Washington, D.C. And so it was kind of during this period of time that I got um, exposed to a lot of culture, mm-hmm. you know, African-American culture and art and things like that. I'm sorry, and at those what age? Travels. What age um, is this? So now I'm 22, 23, 24, 25 uh, Living up in the nation's capital and being exposed to, would you say the first? Art. I see at twenty one, twenty two. So would you say the first twenty years? Would you consider yourself um, not cultured, so to speak? You know what? I think I was always cultured in a way, uh, just because I, I was exposed to a lot. Um, again, I, I'd say I was born in Augusta, but then when I was three years old, my parents moved to Atlanta, so I spent my first. 10 years of my life in, in Atlanta, mm. where we moved around a lot to different neighborhoods. Um, I, I lived in predominantly white areas where my sister and I were one of two uh, families that two African-American brothers and sister that in the whole school. So uh, I was I've been exposed to a lot. Um, but then when it comes to like, you know, it was the early 90s, early to mid 90s when I was in Savannah and then going up into the D.C. area. And that was that whole kind of you remember. I don't, I don't even know. You might be too young to remember uh, the <laughs> mid 90s. But that was that was the whole movement when uh, you remember it was like everything was like cross colors. And, yeah. you know, the red, black and green was kind of popularized yeah. that during that era. Uh, and so um, I kind of got on it then. Uh, there's a big story as to how I started writing. Uh, unfortunately, uh, me losing the job that took me up there is what led to me writing my very first poem. Mm-hmm, and good. then I moved back down home. You say that, right? And and, and um, I have this conversation a lot with people that um, lose things or stop doing things. Um, so you're saying you're losing something, you kind of gain writing from that, right? So like, Oh, yeah, I've gained And you think about where you've been and where writing has taken you. Like, what did you really lose at that point? Right. I you didn't, know? I didn't, yeah, because the job, you know. It's more like you found writing. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Like that's, that's dope. Right? Absolutely. And then came back home 
And then because I was exposed to being able to going out to places where we could uh, go to a nice neo soul spot um, or, or a spoken word open mic. And it didn't seem to be any of that thing going on down here in Augusta, Georgia. So just kind of out of necessity uh, of me wanting to do this, I started putting on open mic shows and everything went from then. So Uprise, which is my entertainment company, was born then, late 90s. That's dope. I you know I'm not gonna lie. I didn't I didn't know that. Uh, I, I would have thought. I guess I know where you graduated from Glen Hills. I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Right? So I thought you were just from here. Oil. You assume everybody just from here. Oil. Right. You know. Um. But yeah. You you moving around. I think that's um. That's culture enough. Sometimes I feel like I asked you that question because I, I assumed that you just been in Augusta Oil. So you moved to D.C. or you went to D.C. or wherever up top. Um. When you was 20, and I I say that because a lot of times when I talk to people that from here. And they only been here all their life. Because it's around you, a lot of times you can be oblivious to it, right? Mm-hmm. And we, when we talk about stuff later on, they, they, it'll make more sense what I'm saying, right? But like the things you talk about, the history that Augusta have, you kind of look over it because in school, you're not learning about Augusta history a lot of times. You learn about everywhere else, right? You know? And sometimes you have it in your own backyard. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's here, the history is here. But you'll, Look up, not they don't respect my king. You look up him, you'll see everything what he did, and they look up the New Yorks, the the Californias, you know, the the Birmingham, Alabamas, you know, and it's like, well, it's history right here in Augusta, Georgia, right, right. But because we're from here, a lot of times, um, we take it for granted. Take it for granted. We take it for granted. Definitely. definitely. I'm 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 a son of two Augusta natives who were both born and raised in the Augusta area, in the inner city, uh, right within this area that's known as the Golden Blocks. Lucy Laney Walker area. Uh, so I, I grew up learning a lot of the history. Actually, I'm also um, a member from birth of the historic Springfield Baptist Church, which is the oldest black Baptist church in America, mm-hmm. which mm. is located right here in Augusta, Georgia as well. That. Say that one more time uh, so I can remember that. Say the that historic time. Springfield Baptist Church, which uh-huh. is still down on Reynolds Street. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the oldest black Baptist church in Augusta or in America, still standing in the same location and hosting continuous service. Wow, and it's in Augusta, Georgia. Right here. And in I'm Augusta. pretty sure people been here all their life and they'll know that. Sure. See what absolutely. I'm Another thing about Springfield, Morehouse College was founded in the basement of that church. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, I like I like looking up stuff about Morehouse and I didn't know that. So that's dope. See, it's always history and history. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You even telling me even five minutes in, you just telling me just a little about yourself, and I found more about Augusta just from you telling me that. You right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, I, I just love that. Like, when you ask about podcasts and while I like doing it, I like to learn as well. So, like, I plan on learning more this episode as well, mm-hmm. but I want people to learn as well. Like, when I think about more than the masses, I'm thinking about stuff like this. You don't hear about that. You hear about this golf tournament. You hear about that. But... You don't hear about the, the church being here. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear about Mohawk being founded in this basement. This is just things you don't hear about that, to me, is more important than that tournament. To me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, yeah, but, uh, and we got to your left. So, I'm um, sorry, to your right. I'm sorry, my left, right? <laughs> you get that right. Because <laughs> people will say it in the comments. So, Mr. Xavier, uh, tell me about yourself and where you're from. Well, my name is Xavier Jones. Sorry, Xavier Jones. Uh, and, and, oh, Xavier, Xavier Jones. And, and, and um, I, I feel like I've been a fixture here for a long time, but honestly, we're transplanted from Baltimore, Maryland. Right? Mm. We, we came down in 1979 from Baltimore here, and I'm a military brat and a veteran. And so as a military brat, we've traveled the, the planet. We've gone to other countries. We've gone to other states. And when we came down to Augusta, um, it, was a, it was a real big change from Baltimore to this. And so 
where we've ever gone in the world, the Jones family always basically wanted to know the environment we were in. Mm -hmm. We wanted to know what Germany was about. We wanted to know what Hawaii was about. We wanted to know what parts of England was about. We got to the States. We wanted to know the history. So naturally, when we got here to Augusta, the first thing we did was want to know his history. And so we would check out the river, check out North Augusta, check out you know the Augusta proper, look through all the materials, and, and, and surprise. And when I would talk to students, even when I was in San Barferi Elementary or, or San Barferi Junior High, um, People were amazed at how much we knew about the environment, but I was surprised how many people didn't know about what was going on in their own environment. Mm. And so it became a plus for me in that respect. And the art, I mean, we, we, we've gone through, you know, a number of issues with the family, whatever, coming in, into the South. Art became a way for me to basically express. And it was my lifeline to do whatever I wanted to do. My, honestly, my background, and it was science fiction. I've always loved science fiction. I always loved comics <laughs> and did comics and science fiction like it was religious for me. But then I began to explore all the other aspects of art, the paintings, the illustrations, the designs, and began to, to basically absorb most of that. So once we got settled into Augusta and once we got settled into the culture and everything in the environment here, it was like there was so much to dig up, so much to, to learn. Me and my friends, I had friends from Lucy Craft Lane High School. Um, I graduated there from 1983, was founded in 1883, so it's a 100-year process <laughs> for me. That. So I, I, I kind of hold dear to that as my alma mater. But basically, being in the halls of that school and hearing what she had did and everything that was going on in that time frame forced me to look at, at A.R. Johnson, T.W. Josie, all these schools are named for these, these prominent people. And then you had like the Lucy Craft Lane Wildcats. And it took me a while to understand that the Wildcats weren't so much a, 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 a bunch of cats or just basically a cat that was wild as much as it was a hint of all the schools that had come together that had those particular mascots together to become one thing. So, you know, Lucy Graflaney was an amalgam of many other schools coming through in that process. Mm -hmm. So Haynes Industrial Normal Institute became Lucy Graflaney High School they were the lions. We were the wildcats, and then there were. I think it was another integrated cat that came out of out of out of Ar Johnson. It just became the wildcats mm. in that respect. And so, I just decided that you know what, someone needs to say something about who this woman was. And I've always wanted to give back in that sense. And when I when I think about the painting that we produced and the Golden Box opportunity we got, it was like this is it. This is the opportunity to go ahead and give back in that process because I've always thought she was never really understood and no one really knew who she was and what she contributed to. Now, working with Brother Trav and working with, with Corey Rogers, who was over at the Laney House, he's he's the the museum director primarily. Yeah, shout out to Corey Rogers. Not to cut you off, um, when y'all see Corey Rogers, tell him he has to bless the podcast. We, we, me and him have communicated a few times to mm -hmm. do it. COVID happened, so it really, it really stopped a lot of stuff. Right. But I really want to have him on because I know he got a lot of Augusta history. Oh. I feel like I can't even have this podcast without Does he? having him on the podcast, right. you know? Right. So it's important to me to do that. I know we both, because when I wanted to do it, I think he couldn't do it. And then when he wanted to do it, I couldn't do it. So right. it was like, you know, probably have to go to where he is. I'm okay, and now I'm okay yeah. with it. Like, I'm, I'm, right. I'm willing to travel more now. COVID, I wasn't trying to travel, I'm not going to lie. Got I it. wanted to be here. Having him as a wealth of knowledge was really awesome. Right. My, you said something real quick. I, not, not, I know we're gonna get into it, but I want to make sure I don't, I don't um, over like stop that. Like you said, you moved down here in '79, right? Um, I'm not trying to throw about the age out there, of course, but like, what was Augusta like in '79? I don't know if you was here in '79 or not. So I want to say if you was here. In I, I was nine. You was not okay, but you was here in '79. Yep. Or was Atlanta? Well, no, I was in Atlanta. Okay. So what, what was Augusta like here in until, 1979? Well, I was surprised 82. to find out when I got here that there was a, a riot. 
that was in Augusta at that time frame, or not at, the, at that time frame, but had happened earlier on in Augusta's history, but it was fresh in everyone's mind. Everyone, yeah, gotcha. everyone remembered the riots. And I was like, wow. Apparently there was someone in a jail cell. Somehow he had been been harassed and was killed in, in that jail cell. That's what I was going to talk to Corey Rogers about, actually. It was the riot of and, Augusta. And yeah. I was like, I, I didn't realize how big it was, so I started to research it. And I didn't realize the U.S. military had to come in and occupy Augusta at that time frame. Uh, 1970, oh, yeah. May 11th through May 13th. Yeah. May yeah, so. 1970. I was born in August of 1970, right here in Augusta, Georgia. My mom, dad was over in Vietnam fighting. My mother participated in the protest that led to the riot, that turned into a riot. It's funny we call it a riot as if they planned on rioting. But it started out as a a peaceful protest. And uh, she was... Again, I was born in August, and this was in May mm. of the same year. So she was pregnant with me when I, when this thing popped off, and hey, I get man, to hear the there. story. You yeah. was there. You I was, was there. there. You was right. there. I was there. So it's, it's amazing how much history that you bump into. And again, astounded that no one was really talking about this. And and I, I, I know why many people didn't want to talk about it. You, you always were going to have that dividing line. Because when I was here at that time frame, it was still black and white. It was kind of still fresh. fresh. Still yes, fresh. Very much so. Only 79. Yes. Only 79. And and, and while the, the, the time frame seemed more modern, especially up north, you come down south, there was kind of a heat of the night thing going on there. Yeah. So. I think that's why that show was so important to, to my grandmother, that show. And she's from here, but she lived in New York for a long time, moved mm-hmm. down here. And we all watched it tonight. And I felt like it made her feel like she was at home. Yeah. So. That was Georgia. Yeah, was, yeah, like, it was yeah. Sparta, Georgia. Sparta, right. Yeah, right. And so Augusta wasn't that much different, especially with the the car colors and everything. It was like, wow, this is this is different. So, yeah, it's crazy. So it, <laughs> it, it took me a minute to to adjust, but once I adjusted and, and could see the, the 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 history being just like a treasure, I was like, people need to to, to plug into this. And my art got me through whatever other issues I was dealing with in that, at that part in time. So. I, I when, you, when you say issues, right? And I'm only I'm only saying it because I wanted to bring this up. So, um, for and you, for either one of y'all can answer. But like for art, like, um, what does it serve to to you guys, right? I did an episode that's coming out next week with a guy yesterday, and we talked about fatherhood, and we was talking about how um, sometimes art is that can do it to for you to get an experience that you maybe never really feel, but like a movie, for instance, right? Right. I may have never lost a, a, a child, but the movie made me feel that based on how the cin- cinematic way it's shot and everything. I feel that through that art. That's the conduit that we feel like to cherish what I have, right? So what is art to y'all? I know to me it's more of a conduit because I don't, I don't necessarily do art, but it's conduit to, uh, to something else. What is it to, y'all, to you guys? You want to go first? Yeah, I, I'll go first. Um, so the name of my reoccurring poetry show that I've done year after year after year. Sometimes it's a you know it's a hiatus that could last a year or two years. But when it comes back, I kind of go back to that same name. And the title of the show is called Verbal Therapy. Mm. And it's because I have the belief that writing, whether it's in a poetic form, whether you're writing a song, whether you're just writing in a journal, it's therapeutic. It's therapeutic mm. twofold. It's therapeutic for you, the writer, because whatever's on you, you're getting it off of you in a constructive manner. And then when read to someone else and they can relate to it because they're going through the same thing possibly, 
then it could be therapeutic for them as well. So it's a form of therapy for me. Um, that's the way I see it. Uh, another, another thing that I, I continually do it before, uh, for is because I have so many things that's always inside my head. And it allows me to be able to have an avenue to creatively express that to others to where they can kind of understand and it ends up being food for thought. Mm. That's dope. That's, That's dope. my lane. Food for thought. I like that. For me, it was, um, it was kind of a surprise. My mom was an artist. She wanted to be a Disney artist. She wanted to, to learn the skill sets and she got all these books and she was going to actually apply to Disney. And what ends up happening was um, she had a large family. She was ex-military. My dad was um, in special forces at the time frame. He was airborne. He was in Vietnam. And at that point in time, she elected to, to go into nursing. And then when she went into nursing, she decided to pass her books on to us. And so my older brother, me, and the rest of us will go through these books. But me and my older brother really mastered the artistry from that standpoint. Um, it was exploratory in the beginning as a child. But as I got older, you know, you, Vietnam was really rough on the family. It was really rough on my dad. He, he had PTSD, and it, it caused all kinds of issues and risks with the family. Art was a way to, to express. Mm. Art was a way to take the sting and take the roughness out of that and be able to go ahead and, and basically just adapt. Uh, I, could, I could speak through it because... I was a shy person in, in the early days. I didn't speak much. Now you can't shut me up. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the art gave me the ability to bridge mm. the gap between those who speak and those who couldn't. What I couldn't say to others, I could express through the work, and it created conversation. I love that. And so I could, I could you know, speak through that process. So I'm always indebted to that whole, that whole ability. Right. Both. So your, your dad was in Vietnam? Yes. And your dad was on, in, in Vietnam? In Vietnam also. I just realized this. Now, just now. Yeah, he yeah. said, I was like, oh, wow, both of you are down. He, was, he actually served under Norman, Norman Schwarzkopf and Colin Powell at that time frame. He was with that grouping. Mm. Uh, they were a military intelligence group out in, in some part of Vietnam. I can't remember which section I it was. I feel like I heard the name Colin Powell before. I just don't know. Mm. Okay. General Colin Powell. He's, he just passed. Um, he's black? Yes. Okay. Oh, well, yes. Probably why I know mm. when he's black. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking about Clifton Powell, so I'm trying not to think. About, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Pinky from Next Friday. Um, <laughs> totally, so, I know two different. Totally different guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so and, and I think that um, when Karen comes up here a lot of times, we often talk about um, art being as much as people love it, it's an everyday. It's a necessity, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's an everyday thing, right? But it doesn't get highlighted as much as it should, and when it does get highlighted. It's almost like it don't. It still don't garnish the attention that you would think it's supposed to garnish. You know, um, no disrespect to nobody plays sports. I love sports. I'm a, I love sports, right? But you, let's mention. Let's keep it laney. You have a laney game. It'd be sold out. Mm-hmm. They just play Harlem. No disrespect to Harlem, but they just it's just Harlem. You know. But then you have a, 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 a art show, and you don't. It's not a lot of people there. Right? <laughs> right. You know. And it's one of those things that's interesting because I, I've taught school for five years. I've been an instructor for over thirty. And I work with kids from every walk of life, from the, from the top to the bottom. I work with older folks in the capacity. And the thing that art does for them is it gives them the ability to express. But you're correct. Art has always been a second seat. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, even with Leonardo da Vinci, I mean, the guy became who he was because he wasn't allowed to go to school because he didn't have a last name. Because he didn't have a last name, he became Leonardo of Vinci. 
That's why they call him Da Vinci. Ah, I knew and, it. and so as a result, he had to learn art on his own from the ground up. He fused science and art together from the ground up on his own to build whatever he built out of that structure and was accurate 95 to 98% of the time. I mean, the guy built robots back in the day that still can write themselves better than the robots we're building today 500 years ago. Mm. Art did that for him. And so when I look back at the power of art and what it can really do for people, it doesn't get the justice it deserves. Um, people will argue whether it's an academic or not. Trust me, there's a lot of academic art, lots of it. I feel like art is... Um... If you if you draw like a uh, not a Venn diagram but like a graph and you put art in the middle, it's so much it's so many things that you can kind of say it's art. You know, mm-hmm. even if you want to talk about sports, I mean, there's certain things in sports is art. You know, your form is art. You know, right. Right? <laughs> how you shooting the ball is art. So all that stuff is art. So I don't, I just it just it, it just puzzles me. I guess when it's not right. And it's really? not taken as important. As yeah. it, as really, we're be. we're oblivious to it because we're surrounded by it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you, I mean, just the same scenario, you stick to basketball, look at their uniforms, look at the mascot, look mm-hmm. at the logo. Somebody had to design that. Yeah. You know, look at our, our cars that we drive. Someone had to create, somebody had to sketch that out yeah. first. I, right? Look, look, at, look at this computer monitor. It's the sleek design. Somebody had to design that. He's taking the words right uh, out of my mouth. You know, and, and so it's everywhere. You know the but the marble that, texture, the granite texture that we're we're on right here. This is art. But you know, and it kind of go back to what I said in the first five minutes. We was talking it was like when you when you're from here, it's so much history here. But mm-hmm. you surrounded by so much history, you don't you don't you don't even know it. Right, right. You surrounded by so much art, you don't realize that everything is art around. Everything you, is art. You know, we just spoke. We never went twenty minutes, and y'all, it's, it's so much history we don't got into. And we haven't gotten to what we talking about yet. No, we haven't. You know, <laughs> so it's like just it just it's just something to think about when I when I when I when I think about Augusta. Oh, people asking you know why why you do it, why you do it. It's like I've been doing it six. I told you six years, but I still ain't scratched the surface on what it really is. What more masters really is. You know, mm-hmm. like you got to get deeper and deeper. And you that, can go deep. That right. just tells you six years. Right. And you and I haven't gotten half the information out yet. Right. That's a lot of history. You get one of these elders in here, bro. Yeah. I be trying. I, I yeah, need no. COVID stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot right. of plans I have, but I be trying. It's just somebody in that 70 and up age group. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. will really go in. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. And I always, and that's to me, Karen is my conduit to everything. Like, cause she's she's so cool that she got she, the younger crowd. Got she's the a native. Crowd. Yeah. yeah, but like everybody knows and she knows mm-hmm. everybody. I'm gonna let everybody know her favor, I feel like too. So it's like, you know, she always able to give me the guess. So I kind of go through her when I wanna really make some ground shaking content like I want something for real this time I go to Karen you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying so and she gave me y'all you know <laughs> so that was dope yeah. you know thank you Karen Gordon now nah, shout out mm-hmm. to Karen man <laughs> but um so I know you said that you lost you know you lost a job and that's how you got into the art so like um what was it that uh, uh made you uh be consistent with it like far as continue continuously putting out spoken word or pieces and things mm-hmm. of that nature um and were you were you were you always good like were you were you were you hardware first i don't know where that came from sorry <laughs> uh, were you hardware first well um i think my very first piece was good uh and i was told that it was good by other people who read it which is why i kind of was like okay i might be on to something um but it wasn't it wasn't good the way my writing is good now. Mm-hmm. You know, I was 20-something years ago, 25 years ago almost. Uh, and so my, my style has evolved, and, you know, I've kind of changed the way I approach it and everything. Uh, the product is is different 
you could read something I wrote 10 years ago and tell it was something I wrote 10 years ago. Um, but as far as kind of consist- dated, is it kind of yeah. dated? Not, not because there's a date on it and not because maybe because of the content gotcha. a little bit, but just because of the structure and the way I write. Um, I think I've been, I spent the first 20 years trying to find my form and now I'm comfortable with my form, you know, because when, when you, it's a negative and a positive being exposed to other artists, artistry, right? Right. Because what you will and kind of find yourself doing unconsciously is comparing yourself to others. And then whoever you see that you think you might be, they might be good, then you're going to want to try to emulate them a little mm-hmm. bit. You're going to want to try to incorporate some of what it is they're doing into your style. And uh, I, I found my comfort in cutting that off, you know, cutting off the uh, trying to make my style like somebody else's style or trying to like say, here's the mold or the blueprint for a spoken word piece. Mm-hmm. When you go to the average spoken word show, you hear a flow I'm glad a you certain said that. way and because things like that. When I speak to people um, sometime and you do come up, I always say that I said, no, I say your tribe, his, his, uh, I'm going to say flow. I'm going to say his flow is different than what I'm used to hearing. You know, you what I think is, cause, and you and you hang your words sometimes, right? So like, you, it's, a, it's, a, it's a certain cadence you have when you're doing it. I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't call it right. You, you, you know what, what you, it is? What is that called? It's a hip hop inspired poetry. But it's sometimes where I feel like that, that where, where it's ending is going to rhyme here, but then you rhyme the next line. I'm like, okay, he got me. You know what I'm saying? Even just now when I heard the the the, the spoken the piece, I'm thinking you're going to rhyme with this, and it's like you rhyme that the next one or the next one. So it's like. Not 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 comparing it to this person, but like I remember when Freo Freo started rapping, that it wasn't heard it was unheard of for him to rap, say a few things in the middle, and then rhyme with the word he said ten seconds ago. Mm-hmm. You know, but it just it just everything just flow together. So it's, it's funny you say that because I always say you have like a a unique style in your spoken word. It's not like everybody else. It's not like you just doing you doing it. And it's but if I think music to me like it, it serves as a timestamp for me. Like, mm-hmm. I always think that. So, like, my favorite song, I know I, know I always say I don't like Nas. People always say that, right? right my right. favorite song of all time is Nas, If I Were the World, right? But I think it's more so because of that time frame, me living with my dad, my sister, like, us being in the living room, watching it. It's like, it's a timestamp. So, I like the song, oh, it's but a memory. It, it means something to me, you know? Right. And I think that's, that's the good thing about art. You can't get that a lot of places. Art will do that to you. Art will give you that memory. It will take you, know? you right but back there. If I ever wanted to forget something, I, when I play that song, I could see my sister at that age. Mm-hmm. I see mm-hmm. my dad at that age. I see me, you know, at that age. So I got it. Um, when I ask you about, you know, the style as far as it being dated, not so much dated, like it don't, it, it won't hit today. Because if I were the world, still hit today. Mm-hmm. It's just more so like when you hear your old pieces, can you can you remember that that trav? like the trav today? Oh yeah, can you remember that trav now. I can. You see what I'm saying? I, That's what I, I, mean I definitely I can because I didn't um, mean dated. I meant just like that, like right. time stamped rather. I would almost beg to say my my writing 10, 15 years ago was more um, rough and harsh. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I was going through that mad state, you know, that, that mad period of time where me as a person, uh, I was mad. I was mad at the world, mad at, you know, mad at the way things are. are. And uh, it, it came out in my poetry. And, you know, I kind of found a way to, to package the art in which it didn't come out so abrasive, maybe, mm-hmm. um, but still got the point across. 
And see, I'm saying that's dope because like you think about it, somebody that wanted to just go back to your work, right? They will in, in your in your work, they also see the growth in you. So I guarantee if they if they seen you at that time and you now, you're different as well too. Like mm-hmm. you more rounded. Like you you can train on certain emotions within your work as like you do as a person, as a human being right now. So right. I just think I don't know, art is dope that way. Like even just making that distinction is kind of kind that's of same, wild to me. Yeah, that same difference. I see in my Facebook posts, right? Yeah. Thank God for the Facebook ago. memories, right? <laughs> <laughs> ten years ago, when I read my memories ten years ago, I'm like, wow, I said that. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. No wonder my mom would always say, man, you got a filter. <laughs> and I was like, filter for what? It's a free world, mama. <laughs> now, ten years later, <laughs> everything's you? filtered. What about you? Like, how, how do you feel like you've grown, or if you feel like you've grown through your art? Oh, yes, without question. Um, I remember being a kid. You know how you see those pictures on, on refrigerators from little kids? Mm-hmm. You know, the little X's and zeros and explosions and stuff everywhere? I, I would have never thought I was going to become an art teacher in the future. But but having had that experience looking at what kids are doing now and teaching kids, I now refer to that process as passion-driven iconography. And what that is, is a child has the ability to see Star Wars or, you know, Batman or Superman or whatever their favorite thing in the world is that passionately drives them to want to create, but they don't have the skill set mm. to express it. So for them, it's going to be ones and zeros and, and scattered stuff. All and They're putting an entire movie on a single page. Now, when a parent sees it, they're going to be like, that's really cute. And on the refrigerator, it goes. But you, when you take it apart and go, okay, create a box for this one, create a box for that one, put images in that, and then describe what you want to say. And each of that, you start seeing the book or the storyboard come out. Mm. And you got a larger art piece and a, a much more assortment of expressions going on as opposed to this one big piece going on. I would have never guessed I was going to be the one to, to figure that out in myself as well as with my students and go, let's look at this from another standpoint. The other thing that you mentioned earlier, too, is when, when you're doing art, there is going to be imitation, there's going to be duplication, but the goal is innovation. Mm. And so what you run into is you get like um, people seeing other people's work and being inspired. And then you want to see if you can duplicate it and match it, if not surpass it. Mm. Once you surpass it, now you're taking everything you've learned around you, and now you're creating your own thing based on all that knowledge that you've learned, and you're innovating. You're creating something brand spanking new. And I know anybody in art, whether you're speaking or whether you're you're doing a spoken word or you're writing, it's the same thing. You want to go from, from being the person that duplicates everybody else's stuff to you creating your own stuff and having your own signature on it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's dope, too, because and you mentioned like earlier, you asked about podcasting and stuff, right? And I feel like there's no rhyme or reason. Like, if you, however you do it is how you do it. I'm an, I'm, I enjoy people talking and creating art, but this has become an art form if it hasn't, if it wasn't already. And one thing I try to do, like I'm doing now, like through y'all too, I'm, I'm also, even though we're going to talk about something in particular, I'm trying to put y'all history, but Augusta history and like, you know, just, just bring it together. That's my, that's my whole goal every time, mm-hmm. like in the beginning. I don't have no, um, no real set out to where I'm going to do, but as somebody talking, I'm remembering, I'm, I'm taking it in, I'm writing notes on my phone, I'm doing this stuff, that and third, stopping to ask questions. And the goal is, like you said, at the end to like pick that apart when they, like, this is the refrigerator. We, this is the refrigerator right here, right? Mm-hmm. And if somebody listen to it, they taking everything apart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We ain't, ain't going to know because we, we, we in it. We don't know mm-hmm. how it's going to come out. You know, they might right. like it, might not like it. Who knows, right? Right. But um, once they start to, to watch it and they, they piece certain things together, like, they'll like it and they're able to take this apart. Oh, he did mm-hmm. this. Oh, Vietnam, mm-hmm. Vietnam, riots, pregnancy. He was there. You know, all that type. It's right. just it's so much stuff that's on that. Yeah. We don't want to pay for that. That's, that's made art dope to me. I don't yeah. know. And I'm not an artist, so to speak, but... 
when I when I hear y'all talking about it, even the talking about it is is phenomenal to me. Like right. the breaking down of art is right. it's just dope to me. And here here's one thing that um not a lot of people know about me. Uh, now I feel like I was born an artist. Um, even though I didn't write my first official poem until I was 26 or 27 years old, I started out as a visual art artist. I started out sketching and drawing all the time. From a small kid all the way up, I was accepted to go to Davidson Fine Arts based on my drawing skills. Um, so I, I did go to Davidson for just a one year um, in the eighth grade, took art classes. Even throughout high school at Glen Hills, I took art classes. I always, always was known to take art classes. Um, I was accepted to go to school at Savannah College of Art and Design. My art, my drawing skill is mm. what got me into gotcha. that college, saying. right? And so at some, I always drew. And at some point, it's like I switched. It's like I dropped the, the, the sketch pad and picked up the notebook. And I kind of wish I didn't let one go to pick up the other. Uh, every now and then, I'll kind of still pick up the sketch pad just to make sure I still got it. But you know what, though? Like, and I use this, I'm using this word probably too much now because I learned it or I heard it in a song. I just can do it now. I try to use bigger words so I can, you know, instead of distinction, all that stuff, right? But like, that could have been your can do it to also to spoken word, you drawing. You know, a lot of times, uh, it's so many levels to art that you can be doing one level for a long time, mm-hmm. and that is what gets you to that next level. Almost mm-hmm. like, I'm going to use, I, I just use Will Smith. He started rapping, but he ended up being one of the greatest actors of all time. You know? That's right. But would he have ever acted if he didn't rap? Right. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So it just that was a good conduit to like get which him avenue. Which is right. my argument about having five or seven skill sets that you right. realize. Right. He said that, yeah. yeah. And so I'm hearing what he's saying, but here's the thing I'm finding very interesting about what he's saying and what you're bringing up is that I went to SCAD and I went to Davidson before it even before it became the Madness School. I was at Davidson before it was a Madness School and after it became a Madness School. Mm. And I, I was a student aide there for what four four years. So we I taught after school classes there, and odds are I probably crossed your path, didn't realize I crossed your path. But you know, we we've had this thing where we've been crossing each other paths throughout most of our we don't realize mm-hmm. we're even doing it. And so <laughs> it's been I'm just hearing this, I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's news. I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. So um Let's get into the the, the um, project. So, like, the golden block. Let's talk about that first before we talk about the project, right? Um, describe me with the golden blocks. This sounds nice. It sounds like a good album, not going to lie. It sounds like a good time. What is the golden blocks, though? Well, if, if I may throw this in, one of the things that Corey Rogers mentioned that's very interesting is that people hear, you know, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and, and the Black uh, Wall Street. We tend to see that one thing. And mind you, most Caucasian people didn't even know that even existed until they saw it in a TV show on HBO. Mm. And they saw it for the first time, and they were surprised to see it. I would say most black people, too. And so I have to agree that most people did not realize it existed. And so there's this consensus that there's only this one event when there was over 140 different communities that were in the same position. And Mm. we were one of them. And so a good chunk of them were either in riots or were massacred in the process. And we were the luckiest ones, one of the blessed communities that basically thrived right into the 70s. And so I don't, we, we wanted to be a part of this project because this needs to be known. Not just us. This is great because we're American history like any other history is. Right. But we also want people to understand, too, that there were other enclaves just like ours 
And they they didn't get a chance to get the opportunity to expand as we did. Gotcha. Right. So when you say um, project, so maybe we kind of like give it uh, some background. Uh, Augusta, Georgia is uh, the arts council. Like if you're in Augusta, if you've been here, uh, if you've been through Augusta, you start to notice that a lot, there's a lot of art appearing throughout the city, mm-hmm. throughout, That's especially right. you go downtown, you'll see murals, you'll see uh, statues, uh, sculptures, things right. like this. And so it's all part of an initiative to beautify and make our city richer through art. And so the Greater Augusta Arts Council, along with uh, the Lucy Craft Laney Museum, and uh, is it the Housing and Urban Development? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, what they did was they put together a program and said, hey, you know, we're going to, um, we got some government grant money and we're going to get some artists and we're going to get, we're going to pay them a stipend to create art for our city. That's also going to res- reflect the rich history in this particular Lucy Laney Laney Walker Boulevard corridor, which is also known loosely as the Golden Blocks. Okay, and so there was a, a group of artistic. There basically it was like a call that they put out to the public for artists to be able to apply, uh, and and you know however many people apply, they chose a certain number of winners. Uh, there was a phase one. And those people have already created their art. If you go downtown into that Golden Blocks area now, you will see the art that they created. And then a few months later, they put out a phase two. Uh, And phase two Golden Blocks is what Xavier and I Mm. won that. But yeah, we, we won because it was a contest that was put out to the public. I think that was probably, I think I heard it was probably like 30 entrants. Some of them out of state and some of them from other, other, other places. And what you had to do was submit an application showing your artistic background, artistic bio, samples of your work, and you would pitch the idea of what you would want to put on display. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Right. Um, This is a story that we got to tell. So Mm -hmm. no, I'm uh, I'm interested. This is dope. I know that. Right. And, And so, um, I wasn't aware of the the call that was out there. Uh, It happened to be a Friday. My wife is surfing through social media, and she reads the the invitation for, you know, the applications to do the Golden Blocks project. And she reads it to me, and then she's like, Trav, I think you should submit an application for this. And so I go, well, it's for something visual, though. You know, they're wanting to put something on display. I'm a spoken word artist. Ah. So she said, well, that's kind of like for them to figure out. I think you should just apply. Well, one of the criteria for you to apply, which, okay, this was a Friday. The deadline was that following Monday. Mm. This thing was out there for a couple of months. (laughs) I know, right. We discovered it on the Friday before the Monday that it was due. Uh, And... um, one of the criteria that you had to have in order to apply was that you had to um, visit the Lucy Laney Museum recently because they had a certain display that they needed us to go see, mm-hmm. right? Um, picked up the phone. I know Corey Rogers personally. Uh, I had been to the Laney Museum, but not as of recent. And so this is in the middle of COVID because this is 2001, mm-hmm. right? And Corey says, well, we got limited... You know, capacity to 
2021. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Right, you stand corrected. 2021. And um, he's a very limited capacity because, you know, COVID and we got to have social distancing and you got to wear a mask and everything. We've got room for one more person on Sunday's tour. Give it to me. Mm. So I went down there, got that one last opening. Uh, still inside my head, I'm going, I don't know how it can fit in. Now, there's other people who are candidates that are applying for the same job that we're applying for that are also in the museum as well, as well as Xavier was floating around there as well. Now, he was somebody that I had known from the past because we were affiliated some years ago. Uh, there's There was a local studio called Studio Art Grow. Right. Uh, Alvin and Barbara Franklin, they had a studio in which they would teach song, dance, poetry, and, and visual arts. Right. And Xavier was the, the art teacher. Oh, so yeah, I knew each other through art. We, gotcha. we knew each other through art. That. This was, what, what year was that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. that, that 2001. It had to be. It goes back to 2001, at least the late oh, 90s. You're, no, about we were, right. we're, yeah. you're about right. Yeah, you're about right. Damn. Right. That's a long time. That's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And so um, I saw him there and I go, hmm. And I, I whispered to my wife, actually. I said, you know what? I know that guy right there. He's a painter. I think if I pull him to the side, maybe we can pitch our idea together as one. He would paint the mural and I would be able to write a poem that describes the painting. Pitched it to um, Xavier right there on the spot. He was like, cool. We did it. They, they said, yeah, y'all can apply as one. And we, mm. we got permission to be able to do it. We applied uh, on that Monday, got it in, and we both, we got in. That's we dope. got chosen. We, we got selected. It was shocking because, you know, I was going through some of the same things he was going through. I had applied late. I, I I had gotten an uh, email from a friend of mine, Roger Brown, and then my mom and sister got wind of it, and they were like, you know, getting me to think about going in. And honestly, I was like, I, I've been out of the art thing for a while. COVID had taken over everything. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do it, so I, I cobbled together this crisp, really cool looking sketch. But I was like, I don't know if this is enough. But I <laughs> took it in and said, I don't know how to do this by myself. I I, I need something else to make this kind of pop. And so when he pulled it aside and asked me. To join forces like this is perfect because now I can I can get the spoken word component and get this to work together. No one's ever really done it before. It's a new thing, and so how will we do it? How will we couple it together? Well, we, if we do this together, they will basically give us what we need to do to get this taken care of. Our chances of winning will be a little bit higher than usual. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, let's do it because I'm good. I wasn't sure what I was going to be able to do. I, was, I needed I need inspiration. Like both y'all in the same boat. Yeah, right. we were and, completely in the same boat. And you see how we we like kind of like self sabotage ourselves. Yeah, definitely. That that's a lesson in there because yeah. everybody does it, right? You you probably I do, do it. all the time. Yeah, right. It's like no, I'm not going to be able to. I'm not good enough. Mm. Nah, I'm not bright enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not big enough. For all that. Right. All of that. And, yeah. and we, we build these own roadblocks for our own selves. Yeah. And thank God if we have people in our lives around us that believe in us and the talent that we possess. That's like, no, I think you're good enough. Right. You should apply. 
It just was dope that you know y'all met each other or you know I guess re- reconnected well, at a time when y'all both kind of needed each other as well. We feel like it was was kind of like preordained. I was gonna say that that word ordained yeah. de- definitely yeah definitely was. That's dope. That's dope. And I think that too even talking to I, I would never have guessed that I, I just I, I'm tired what I assume because I just assume things right. I assume that um you 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 just painted so they said oh, let's get let's get him. You from here so let's get him. And that's that was that's furthest from what it was. Right. Yeah, after had to go through a process. Right? <laughs> Thirty or forty participant applicants that were just as talented, mm-hmm. if not more. Yeah, more so. Right. And these are guys from like North Carolina, from Atlanta. They're from all over. Answering the call. Yeah. Even local. I mean, but also local, local too. And probably uh, prepared have, have more time to prepare than y'all. <laughs> they probably been doing it for months and or weeks ahead of time. Right, preparing for, for that particular minute. thing. And but we I always were like, feel like I don't know Johnny, how, come lately. <laughs> I don't know how y'all feel if it's an art thing, but I always feel like last minute, like crunch time, is a great time. Oh man, I don't know why. I just feel like crunch time it's has always been a blessing and a curse well, for me. Well, it, it, I feel like for me and and. There's always the plan to want to do things ahead of schedule and be on time and be timely. There's always that. But I always find that sometimes you end up with either artist block or you end up with something that, that stifles your, your capability. But when you get down to those last few hours, right, right. all of a sudden your brain just opens up and you're like, I got to do stuff. And you just start doing things that would not normally be the normal things. But that's where your most creative things come from. You know, it's funny because you say like it, it go both ways because you say, you know, you self-sabotage. Cause it's late, this that and third, right? But at the same time, if you had did it in advance, I do feel like you start creating these uh, errors, like oh, this don't look right, or this this not right. Start or, trying to fix stuff, or you start seeing, you start like <laughs> doubting yourself, like somebody's gonna do this, somebody's gonna do this, somebody's gonna do this, like it's not good enough. Crunch time is like so, it's so little room for error that like you just put together what you like and like mm-hmm. your, your greatest ideas is coming. And you right? learn to let go of it and go, okay, yeah, it's like it. hey, it's, it's what it is. You have that. Right. So yeah. my Let's biggest, um, one of the biggest. Uh, nemesis of mine is um procrastination I've, I've suffered from it most of my life is it safe to say that procrastination and art go hand in hand oh yes <laughs> without question i don't think i ever heard an artist say they don't procrastinate this is true i think being a teacher you know i have to be careful about the word procrastination because not everyone's in the same boat mm. but i do know that there are different things blocking people from, from what they're going to do. And artists come with a lot of issues. Um, I mean, some medical, some mental, some emotional. And we don't know what those things are blocking methods are. But yes, there's going to be a procrastination structure that will slow you to what you're going to do for one reason or another. But I find it's also part of the process. The key is getting past it enough to produce and be timely as best you can. That's dope to say because I know a lot of people that I would consider artists because of what they do. And it's, some, it's an art form what they do. And one of the biggest things is procrastination. They feel like they procrastinate, they self-sabotage, there's not time in the day. It's like, y'all, y- y- they throw these hurdles in front of themselves for no reason sometimes. Just, I don't know what it is. It, it, I don't know if that's a process or what, but they, they throw it in front of themselves. I can't do it because of this. Because it's like, yeah, you, you still got time. There's yeah. 25 minutes, yo, you need, you need. <laughs> right, right. There is no Go greater. Go real quick. Yeah. There's pressure. Mm. It is. And, and there's no greater competitor than yourself. I mean, you can compete with anybody you want, but at the end of the day, you are your biggest competitor. Mm-hmm. It's pressure. Dope. I remember when I was in school, they would give us two weeks to write a term paper or an essay. I would wait till two days. I feel like that's the test. That's that's what it is. School got to stop doing that. Yeah, Just tell I, me it's doing a couple days. I'm yeah, not going to start in that first. I'm going to tell you right now. You're right. The first, I'm going to look at the, uh, <laughs> all right. <Yeah>. Yeah. <laughs> not right now. 
two days and I started doing research, you know, and, uh, and I would, and, and, it, and it would be a good product. I, I was like, okay, I, I made a C, I made a C plus, you know what I'm saying? My parents thing would be, well, imagine if you used a whole two week period to research and take your time that and funny. structure it right. right. The C could have been an A and I'm like, well, and having, I'm straight with a C plus. Hey, man. And having, <laughs> having been a teacher, we, we, we had a program called all kinds of minds. And that is that not every student processes work the same way. Mm. Some students are meticulous. They can sit down and go through the whole testing process, the whole notation, annotations, and everything, write it all down, and be ready to go. Others have other things blocking them or, or messing with them to be able to produce, but they can produce. Matter of fact, sometimes they're the most brilliant students. Mm. And so it's getting them to figure out a process they can produce with is the issue. So I see procrastination not so much as a, a problem as it is. It may be a symptom of something that may be bigger or lesser, depending mm-hmm. on what they're dealing with. Wow. That's, that's a good way to look at it. I'm hoping anybody that do art look at this and, and see it that way. Because I think sometimes people be down on themselves for mm-hmm. procrastinating, but it's so healthy. It's, it's common to do, you know? Right. To where it might be healthy, rather. But um, when you talk about procrastination and, and, and being able to, the crunch time, being able to still see it out, like, uh, for y'all, y'all pieces, the mural, the the, 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 the the spoken word piece, like, how were you able to come come about with that? Because before we started, I got to see it and, and look at it, right? And, like, the piece is amazing, you know what I'm saying? Did have to do a lot of studying. It, it was a lot of information in that piece. We were glad to have Corey. Corey, <laughs> Corey was like, the bomb. We could, Shout we, to Corey, man. Yeah, definitely. Having him as a source of information and photos. I mean, he gave us access to archives that you couldn't get your hands on anyplace else. Because I, I got to be honest, if you're going to Google something or try to find something on your own on the computer, there's going to either be a paywall or you're going to get like this really emaciated JPEG you're going to be dealing with. Whereas Corey has these actual photos, actual breaking down history right there in front of you. You're like, wow, I didn't know it was all that. Well, mm-hmm. I know typically we started with you, but let me start with you with the mural, right? So, like, what 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 was your mindset going into uh, creating this mural? We were we were given a set of parameters to think about educators, and I picked up the the, the first three. There was really three. It was it was um, Lucy Graf Laney, uh, uh, C.T. Walker, and Silas X. Floyd were the were the big three. Real quick, I, I want you to finish. I just want to say because. So those were the parameters, like those are three that they wanted y'all to kind of focus on. No, we we could pick, we could pick, but it okay. was they had, there was it was a this phase two of the Golden Blocks project was to highlight educators. Got right. you. Okay, okay. And you chose the what, and what went into you choosing those well, particular people? My own martyr was Laney, and I always knew Miss Laney was in, in, instrumental for building the whole educational structure for Augusta as well as parts of America. People don't realize there were colleges named after her high schools named after her throughout the united states that's how how prolific she was with her ability to pass on education throughout the united states so she was a cornerstone to all this 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 might be a dumb moment i have right but when i moved down here and don't laugh please but uh when somebody was like laney's playing tonight laney's playing it's a basketball game right only thing i've heard laney was michael jordan he was laney high school Mm -hmm. so i said michael jordan play here he said no that's north carolina I thought, okay, I, I just did, I, you know I didn't I didn't know I never heard Laney before. I'm, I was from New York. I never heard Laney before. It made sense, right? Though. right. And, and reasonable but assumption. But now he's saying that it's like okay, it's other Laney's probably other reasonable places, assumption. You know? yep. North, that's North, it, North Carolina. It, it, it's right? a, it's a, most people don't realize her face is actually sitting in the dome and Atlanta, in Atlanta at the Capitol. Mm. People don't realize she's even there. And so I I decided to make her the cornerstone. And then I looked for all who she influenced. And it was C. T. Walker. There was Alex Floyd. And there was T. W. Josie. 
And I was going to hold off because there was that whole, you know, alma mater versus thing going. But then it hit me and said, no, this is history. This, this brother was part of the Golden Blocks. He deserves to be there like anybody else deserves to be there. And I had to think above the whole alma mater, the iconic. Well, I went to Jody for a little while, too. And I didn't even, like, when you said these things, it go hand in hand. Because, you, you, you know, you illustrated. But when you said those piece, those words in your piece, I'm like, Josie did all that? I mean, I'm not gonna. I didn't. I just know 15th Street. You know, the Eagle. You know, I'm not right, right. <laughs> thinking about the history behind this stuff. And one thing about down here, I do. I want. I want them to do more. Is if you go to that school, you should have to write uh, something about that person, right? To know where you at, right? I agree. You know, I went to Paul Robeson in New York. And I know what he is, what he do, what he means to mm-hmm. the black community. You know, and I feel like down here is not the same. Right, it's not always the same. Like we think, got the museum, you got this, that'd be good. But no, like people would really go to this school for four years, sometimes more, sometimes longer. But they still don't know who T. W. Josie is. Right, they or, just know or Lucy Laney. Or right. Lucy Laney. Right. I feel like part of the reason why we did this project. South and Floyd has a school. I, right. I, I didn't, even, I don't even know anything about that. I know somebody that worked this. Thank God. So right. I know a little about it, but. The history behind these people in, in the schools is, is amazing. C.T. Walker. You just think school. you see a school and you think that's it, but mm-hmm. there's so much history behind that name. Right. That's why it's so prestigious sometimes. And you don't, you don't think it's to ask, why is it so prestigious? Right. Why is Laney such this golden you know, school to go to? You know, and you don't think about it until you dig deeper and find out, okay, this who, is this who she is. This who right. he is. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, so, so when you... Oh. So when 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 you look at the overall process, there was her and her school. There were the the facilities that C T Walker worked out of. There was Silas X Floyd School, and then there was T W Josie and his his medical uh, background and his, the school that was named after him. And I was like, how do you how do you place the images? How do you juxtapose the structure? How do you set up the the, the feel of the process? And then I thought about her background of being an ex slave, and I was like, what would that look like? What if we just mm. burned a page away of her past? Burned away the cotton, burned away the, the the cotton picking and all that. Burned away like a page and show the golden blocks behind it and have a child from the 18th century and a child from the 21st century looking at each other like, wow, this is where I came from. I like that. Right. I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at it now and mm-hmm. I'm visualizing him you saying it. it. Now right. I'm seeing why. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that, how the structure came by. Why is this person here versus here versus mm-hmm. there versus... That's what I wanted to know. Right. It's like you said, the refrigerator. You know what I'm saying? I'm just picking, picking apart everything now. I'm just trying to see why... This is there, why is that? And I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. That's, and so, that's, that's artistic. Right. And, and so keep in mind, this, the contest that we won was over a year ago. We just did the ribbon cutting last Friday, this past Friday. Mm-hmm. So we had over a year. Um, throughout this year, our, our relationship cultivated, the two of us. Because we constantly had contact with each other. So it was definitely a collaboration. It wasn't two separate pieces. Uh, we, we, we collaborated. Uh, once I understood what he wanted to put on paper, and he described to me just like he's describing it to you. Uh, and so I knew that, was, that would be my job then, is kind of try to like paint that picture with words. Uh, turn it into a... a, a, a a motion picture, so to speak, um, through words, uh, from what he's telling me, just put them in an artistic form. Um, and that's what I did. Uh, I kind of made, I, I'm an artist that I always challenge myself whenever in every writing, there's challenges that you, the average reader or listener doesn't realize, 
until I kind of like explain to them I'm using a certain cadence mm-hmm. or, or rhyme pattern or something like that. My challenge to myself when I wrote this piece was to connect the dots. Even though he's naming four people, I wanted to prove that these four people are connected. Mm-hmm. One, to the, one to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other. Even though they're separate, I wanted to connect the dots. And this is where Corey Rogers was able to help me out a lot is because he understood that that's what I was trying to do. I would go to him and send him messages. Corey, help me connect these people together. Um, because I did end up having to do a lot of research. He, Like he said, he not only did he send Xavier tons of photos, he would also, he sent me the whole autobiography of C.T. Walker. He sent that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I read most of the book. Uh, he sent all kind of history on Lucy Laney. He sent all kind of history on T.W. Josie and Silas X. Floyd. And so eight months into this project, I didn't write anything. <laughs> I'm only reading and studying yeah, and yeah. doing research. Because yeah. that was mind-blowing. I mean, you you would stop and go, I remember being in ROTC back in, in, in 1983, and that building we were in was the last remaining building from the original cluster of buildings that Haynes Institute had. And so when I see that big building on that on that that mural, I know that the building that I was sitting in was part of that structure. It's Even that's a small detail. Like it's, it's so detailed. You see it in there like that, you know, the little piece of the, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. This yeah, guy yeah, is was, brilliant. Brilliant. And he started out with a sketch. I mean, he started out with a sketch. And he'll show you it's on his Facebook right now. Right. Just, yeah. just lines. Just lines. And, uh, I think about all you had to go through because all the information you're getting, and then you have to somehow, with spoken word, you have to somehow, for one, have it be entertaining and be where it's, okay, it's, 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 I can listen to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Then still have add your style, add you to it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Bring the history, connect the dots. Rhyme here and, you know, have your rhyme scheme. It's like so much to be put into five minutes. It's like... right. That's and then amazing. the fact that, thank you, and, and the fact that he's got the, the two children there, you know, you got one child that's from the past and another child from, from the, the present day. And I wanted to imagine it as if the child from the past is schooling the, yeah. the modern child, is schooling the modern child on the history. As someone who, who listen, I, I had a backwards experience, so I didn't have no background, like, watching you do this or know how it came about. I heard the piece first mm-hmm. then i heard you explain right as you were explaining I'm, i was listening i can hear even after one time i listened to it what you were saying backwards you know what i'm saying so it made more sense even i listened to it, i'm like okay he's saying a lot of information so a lot of pieces he had to i knew ready my one question i'm going to ask was how much research you had to do which uh-huh. i ended up telling me right mm-hmm. because there was so much information in that that i think people if you're not listening it's gonna go over your head because you mentioned it uh, it's not just silas and floyd it's not just uh lucy lucy laney in there it's not just tw Joe. Other people you mentioned as well that are in the mural, right. but that they're, they're connecting these people as well. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it just goes so much deeper than when, when, the surface. Imagine being, when you're in high school and you're studying black history and they're talking about Mary McLeod Bethune, you, she's always been this lofty, you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King person in, in the mm-hmm. entourage of these, these really well-known. But then you find out that Lucy Craft Laney yep. taught her. The thing, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, like Cookman, what? Right, like, really? <laughs> so you're, you're shocked. You're like, okay. That, that, it's funny you said it. That was the most shocking part to me. I was like, damn, yeah. it, it stretched that far. 
Right. I was astounded. I mean, just the the history that I learned and me being somebody who's an Augusta native who I I thought I knew a lot, you know, because my parents always have taught me. Um, I was astounded. I was astounded at what I learned about C.T. Walker. Astounded. I want you to consider this for a second. You have MCG in Augusta. It was one of the few colleges, one of the earliest colleges in medicine on the eastern seaboard, which was the 13 colonies. Mm. So when this school pops up, all the breakthroughs that comes in medicine, one quarter of the medicine knowledge of this country came from that one college in this environment. And one quarter of that knowledge came from the studies of African-Americans that they were studying at that time frame. So what you have in medicine comes from the South, comes from African-America to one point, and then from our own home city. We've influenced the entire United States. Lucy Craft Laney does the exact same thing. Mm. She's American history, and we don't even realize it. I feel like I feel like we got a lot of information in this, and I think the dopest thing is like as uh even just explaining the mural, the piece, even that just this part we got right here is even more information being brought into it, right? So not saying I know y'all, y'all did just because y'all wanted to do it, y'all artists, y'all, y'all wanted to be around it, be not even be a part of history, but just it helps that you are part of history, right? Um, I think that they should take this into consideration we're talking about and probably have y'all go and explain it to, to, to people in schools and whether high school or whatever because it's a lot of information in this that I think people right. aren't going to get because people just, they think a mural, they just see, oh, okay, cool, you know, and they go. Mm-hmm. But it's deeper than, than that, you know, right. once right. you really take everything off the refrigerator, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Once you do that, it's yeah. deeper than that. Right. Well, like you said, the parents say that, oh, it's cute, uh-huh, put it in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're taking it off. What we're hoping is that this might actually spark all the other paintings and all the other pieces of artwork. That's what I'm thinking now. I'm thinking about going, going back downtown and looking at everything else and seeing if I can find some detail because I, I honestly I didn't really, I, I, even me, and I do this, I didn't expect to get this much information mm-hmm. from this, right? To be honest with you, I, I thought I was going to talk to Traff a little bit, you know, before he said he was bringing you. You're upbringing the normal stuff and then go for I'm glad I didn't do it that way because I would have I would have missed a lot of information out, yeah. you know? But I feel like this was the best way it could have been done is y'all explaining it in detail. Together, the right. story, it, how it happened, the process, right. 1979. You know, all, all this stuff, I just... Right, it was so so much um, us together that would have it would have, it just would not have been fair for me to... Um, Definitely. To do, to do this platform alone. Uh, and you know, I didn't and know how I, much the mural meant to the piece. Right. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking like a parent. That's pretty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Try to come up here. You said the piece. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, right. you know, like that way, right? But as, and I'm glad you made that reference because as you start talking, y'all start talking and, and we breaking down art, mm-hmm. it just makes sense that, like, I couldn't even have you up here without him or vice versa. It right. don't make sense. And so there's another piece to the, the, the artistic composition, and that's the music that you heard on that recording. Uh, and so there, there's a, a musical friend of mine. His name is Travis Shaw. He's the, the leader of a, a band that's called Brownstown Gritty right now. Uh, Travis Shaw is a bassist. So I, I like his style. I like the way he, um, he's able to uh, creatively express himself with, with the bass guitar. So I, I went to him with the idea. Um, planning on paying him for whatever services he would provide. Uh, Travis Shaw, who is just happen, happens to be 
Caucasian. Uh, he was astounded by me telling him what it is that we were doing uh, and very honored to even be possibly be a part of it. Right. And so what he said was, you know what? Um, we're trying to like, it's a new band. They're, they're a relatively new band. So we're, we're trying to like still build our portfolio as a band. Uh, we would love to be able to do this for you as a favor for, for us. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and so we got the guys together and we all met up in the studio and it's just amazing how uh, the, the piece of art came together because I actually went in first and I read acapella, all those words, the entire piece, all five minutes and 45 seconds of it. Um, just I, I read it and then I read it and it was recorded. Uh, and then they, they, the drummer was there. And so they played it back into the headphones of the drummer first and as he's listening to it, he's drumming. Mm. As he's hearing me talk, he's drumming. It's just him, and he's hearing my voice and his ears, and he's drumming. So he lays down his drum part. So then there's a keyboardist, TJ. So there's Christian Thornton's the drummer. Um, TJ is the uh, the keyboard, the the piano player. So okay, TJ's like, okay, what kind of sounds do you want? I. I Church organs is what we kind of came up with. And so, you know, he he laid down his part over what he had heard with the voice and with the percussion. So he lays down his part. Travis Shaw, the bassist, is the one that said, okay, give me some time. He took a couple of weeks and he composed this thing mm. and put it together and uh, sent it to me. And I was just you know, I got in the car to listen to it because the, the bass is so low from your cell phone, you really can't get the full effect. I got the, again, the car to listen to it and I cried and I cried just because it had that much impact. And I knew that that would transfer over. Um, and so when you go down to see the mural, uh, there are the last two verses of that poem are on the columns of the poem uh, of, of the of the mural so you'll see the last two verses there physically written out on the wall mm -hmm. uh, but then also you'll be able to go to an app there's an app that's called otocast o-t-o-c-a-s-t download that app to your phone and it, it takes you on a walk through Augusta's uh, sculpture trail. So all of the art that we're talking about that's popping up throughout the city and the murals and things like that it'll actually say, okay, you know, you're here or you, you will be able to get here, go this way, that way to get to this particular okay. place. It'll take you on a tour, virtual tour through the, um, the, the city. And when you get to that destination with that AutoCast app, it'll play my spoken oh, word dope. composition. That's dope. Uh, I wanted to throw in too, cause he was talking about the writing that's on the wall. I, I had another artist assisting me in the process because um, Pax made it clear. She was like, you, you got this thing you're working on. Make sure you find it, whoever you need to get it done. And at that point in time, I, I, before COVID hit, I had heart failure. And so I was recovering from that. And then after COVID, after COVID hit, it locked us down for two years. It, it does something to your whole complete 
um, health structure to, to, to have to get over the heart situation and then go through COVID and then come back out and try to do artwork again. So I needed someone that I could work with that I could trust. I needed someone who understood the art process really well. Someone was good with, with, with talented with airbrush, talented with painting and coloring, and talented with the writing that he put on the, on, on the wall. The, the writing is awesome. We got plans for that, and he's going he's gonna to finish that off and put gold to it, make it pop. But Art Abdon was really instrumental to me and instrumental to, to the whole process. And there's no way I could have really painted any of that without his help. So I want to make sure that there's a shout out shout for him, to him man. and what he helped to get that done. And the artwork he's doing with the, with the lettering and the painting and the, and the air, exquisite work, really nice work. Mm-hmm. That's dope, man. That's and dope. he chose art. He chose it. The guy's name is Art. He goes by Art the Artist. Um, and he says, hey, I, I got this guy named Art the Artist. He's going to help me out. I don't know if you know this guy. Well, Art the Artist, as we speak, he's got, I've got two canvases on my living room wall right now by <laughs> Art the Artist. My Hidden Gems logo was created by Art the Artist. Uh, my Uprise logo was created by Art the Artist. My wife's new logo was created by Art the Artist. And so... Um, yeah, it's like one big family. And it just, it's a microcosm of the macrocosm. Mm-hmm. What, what we're depicting in the picture, in the mural, is the collective. Exactly. Nothing right. was able, they, don't, none, none of those people were able to get anything accomplished alone. Right. right. It was everything, everyone around them collectively that helped them to accomplish what they accomplished and that's the same here. Same thing that happened. Yeah. Same here. And then tell you, we the adversity, our adversity will never be what the adversity that they went through, but we went through some adversity to get this thing done. I mean, we, we had to make all kinds of changes. We had an, uh, we had two official walls we wanted to do first, and those two projects fell through. And so the city, through the was it the housing development, they built us a wall. And so that's dope. Th- th- we were like, okay, let's go, let's do this, let's put this image on this wall and let it pop out. And sure enough, it did. So we're grateful. Hey, man, that's dope, man. Um, I'm not going to lie to Barry about the die, so I don't want to have to end it short, right? But um, I want before we get out of here, I do want them, I want y'all to be able to like speak to like anything y'all working on, got going on, and just how people can reach you because I got a lot of information. So, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to be the last time they see y'all. I want people to be able to reach y'all and talk to y'all if, y'all, if they wanted to reach out to you guys. Oh, well, um, I'm going to be working on a number of projects um, in the nearby future, a couple of books and, and designs, also artworks for the Golden Blocks as well. I'm going to put out like a little coloring book of all the greats that were there in that particular block structure. And I'm a big science fiction fan. I do lots of science fiction work. So we've got like Star Wars Day and Star Trek Day coming up we're going to work with. So okay. I'll be doing a lot of that. That's dope. Yeah. Man. He and I have been talking about collaborating on uh, some books, color, color, colorful books, uh, children's books and things like that like i said we we've grown so close over this past year that we've been able to like brainstorm and toss all these ideas around uh so in in order to follow me i'm pretty easy to follow uh i've kind of gotten to that point now main where i can i can uh, just say google me (laughs) b-r-o pretty much there b-r-o-t-h-a space t-r-a-v brother trav google me uh, put that in there, and you'll find you'll you'll see a lot, you know. So there there's um lots of stuff out there, and uh, I never really know what's next. I never really know what's next. I kind of just take it as it comes. Uh, right now, um, putting a lot of work into the Brother Trav presents Hidden Gems. Uh, 
radio show yeah, and podcast. So Brother Trav presents Hidden Gems. Look that up. We come on every Sunday on Round Here Radio. Download the app between 2 and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's uh, all kind of music, eclectic music, uh, stimulating conversation, uh, cool music for cool people. It's my radio show. No. And then there's a podcast that's a spinoff from the radio show that's broadcast every Tuesday. Um, and it's on the Anchor app and also Spotify. Spotify yep. Hidden Gems Focus Sessions is what we call that. Okay. That's dope, man. I, I like Focus Sessions, though. I like I like you, you know, reviewing the music and stuff like that. That'd be dope. They're here in the morning. Yeah. yeah so. Appreciate it. Nah, that's dope, man. This was dope even just talking to y'all and getting a lot of information I got. Um, my goal is to try to put it out as soon as possible because now I'm itching to put it out. I like to edit and get it out. So um, my goal is to try to be tomorrow if possible. But wow. We'll see. You're, I, gonna, I'm, you're I'm not going to get any about, sleep. <laughs> no, nah, I'm asleep. Trust me. I'm good. I ain't got to work tomorrow either. So it's <laughs> all good. But um, this was dope, man. Um, yeah, try. I'm going to get with you in a minute so we can do the other thing we got to do. But yeah, man, I appreciate everything y'all brought to the city. Um, I think that they should probably look into uh, making y'all be like the people who actually explain the murals and stuff. The just, ambassadors. I think so, man, because I, I think just in that alone, it's so much information that was given today that um, was unexpected for me. Mm-hmm. So I could imagine the average listener when I tell them, oh, I did, I'm doing somebody that uh, did the mural downtown. Okay, let's listen to it. Right. And now they get all the information. Like, whoa, you know. Right. So well, What we've been thinking about is the tour, you know, possibility mm-hmm. of tours, you know. Right. Tour, so. Tourism, you know, buses... Uh, charter buses of students and people coming in from other cities to the site. Mm-hmm. That would be dope. It's a That'd huge nice. parking lot across the street. I can so see they'll that. be able to come in and I mean, we'll, we'll be more than honored to stand in front of the mural and give the story. Yeah, I'm going to have to go throw my picture on there somewhere. I don't know, Mike, you might be in this too. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, this was definitely, definitely dope, man. Um, pleasure to meet you for the first time, of course. This is good, you know. Thank you for having me. This is a blessing. Yeah, definitely. I, I appreciate y'all coming through and, and Stopping by, I know it was late, so you know, but you know, this, we, we got it done, and I, and I appreciate it. I think Karen gonna like this a lot because he had texted me now. All right, I can hear her talking. I said, She's gonna love this, yeah. she's gonna love this talk about art for an oh, hour and some change. <laughs> so, man, uh, without further ado, man, we out, man. More Masters podcast. I appreciate it for stopping by. Thank you. Right. That was that was that was good. <laughs>